The text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day comes to us from our Gospel reading for today, especially where Jesus says these words. He says, Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus says these hard words in our text. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. It's the kind of thing, if we're honest, we kind of wish, perhaps, that Jesus would have never said. It's something that indeed those who do not believe in Christ like to bring up in order to try to make us question Jesus' goodness. Did Jesus really say that we are to hate our family? And if we don't, we can't be his disciple? Well, unfortunately, our English translation here is not just mistaken. It doesn't just give Jesus these words. It's right there in the original Greek. The word hate, the word cannot, are right there. And so we can't just run away from these words, so rather we must seek to struggle through our own discomfort with them to seek to get to what Jesus is really going about teaching us here. And to do that, the best way is to pair it with the two small parables that Jesus tells right after these words. First, he says that if someone is going to build a tower, they must first sit down and ask the question, do we have all the money we need to complete the project? Secondly, he says that if a king was going to go out to meet another king on the battlefield, first he must sit down and figure out if he has enough men and armaments to win the battle before he ever fires the first shot. Yes, that is what Jesus wanted the people of God to do. That is what he wanted all of those people who were within the sound of his voice to do. For since he did great miracles, there were many who were ready to say that they would follow him. But he told them that before they followed, they should count the cost. Yes, he wanted them to understand that following him might mean leaving their family behind. He wanted them to know that following him would mean picking up a cross and carrying it. Perhaps literally. Yes, he wanted them to know that following him might mean losing everything else they held precious. But it's not just those who were in the sound of Jesus' voice that need to hear this. No, not just those of Jesus' day need to count the cross. We too are called to do so. And in doing so, I think we must admit that the cost of following Jesus in the world that we live in is growing. It's increasing all the time. 
Now don't get me wrong, it's nothing. And compared to the cost, many of our brothers and sisters in Christ are paying around the world. But all the same, the cost is increasing. So then let us count the cost of following Jesus in our day. Do you have what it takes? Are you willing to cling to Jesus, even if it means leaving family behind? And I don't mean that mean uncle that you never liked anyways. I mean that son who you raised from infancy. Or that aunt who always went out of the way to make sure she could help you. If clinging to Jesus meant leaving those people behind, is that a price you're willing to pay? Jesus said in one of our recent gospel readings that in coming into the world, he would bring division right into the midst of the closest family bonds. And we must admit that sadly we are seeing this more and more. People from the same family end up living life from completely different worldviews and perspectives. Jesus says if you're not willing to lose your family for him, you cannot be his disciple. Tough words. Are you willing to pay the cost for following Jesus if it means suffering for you? Now, for so long in America, this kind of question has almost seemed rhetorical. What do you mean suffering for Jesus? Oh yes, we heard stories about this happening in other places and in other times, but not here. I mean, we're so immune to suffering for Christ that when we hear that someone has been told to leave their cross necklace off in the workplace, we think this is a grave injustice. Forgetting what our brothers and sisters are suffering across the world. But again, every day, the threat of truly suffering for Christ, unfortunately, probably draws nearer. What would happen if you were present? The next time an Islamic terrorist sought to inflict injury. Would you be willing to suffer pain and perhaps death in order to hold fast to Christ? What if your beliefs put you at odds with the government? And they told you that persisting in your beliefs would mean going to jail. Would you do it? Would you keep speaking? If not... Jesus says you cannot be his disciple. Tough words. What if following Christ literally meant giving up everything you owned? What if it meant selling a house or a boat or a car in order to keep the congregation afloat and proclaiming the kingdom? What if the 401k had to go away in order that you could help fellow Christians who by no fault of their own lost their employment and needed basic necessities. Would you give it up if necessary? Well, if not, Jesus says you cannot be his disciple. Tough words. Yes, Jesus wanted to make clear to those people back in his day, and he wishes to make clear to us that following him is not something that is so easy that we can just do it without thought. 
No, he says we should consider what might lay ahead. He wants us to consider the cost. For following him means that we must place even the things we consider the greatest blessings we have in this life, we must place those things in a place where they can be taken from us without personal pain to us. Yes, Jesus says that is what it means to consider following him. If you were only following Jesus until a conflict occurs in one of your relationships, or only until pain or sacrifice comes into the picture, well then you cannot be his disciple. So back to those hard words at the beginning of our text. Jesus is not asking us to hate our families just for the love of it. Instead, he is demanding that we understand that holding fast to him and to his commandments might indeed result in a bridge or excuse me a division between us and our family. And if our family demands that we stop holding fast to Christ or obeying his commandments, well then we must go about thinking of them in a completely different way. He's not asking us to go out and look for places that we might be persecuted or might bring suffering upon ourselves. But he is telling us that if such suffering is presented to us, we must endure it rather than going on and denying him and our faith. He's not telling us that we should just give up everything without any reason. But he is telling us that our attachment to things of this earth should be enough or minimal enough that if we need to get rid of them for the sake of the kingdom, that we can do so freely. You see, it's a lot like a soldier going to battle. They don't in advance declare hatred towards anyone. But if someone in the course of war becomes an enemy, well then they are the enemy. And if a soldier goes out, he doesn't intend to bring suffering or pain upon himself. But if the mission requires going where that might be likely, well then they go. And a soldier certainly hopes to come home to the things that he loves and the people he loves. But if in the end the mission will not allow it, he sacrifices even those things. You see, Jesus is not asking anyone to do any of the things mentioned in our text just because. His talk of love and hate is truly more about priorities than it is passions. He's just being straightforward about what following him requires. But you must know this, where Jesus leads is awesome. In holding fast to him and obeying his commandments, you are choosing life. Yes, following Jesus means the abundant life, both now and for eternity. Following him means that you get to constantly behold the love that he shows, that love that he poured out upon Calvary. But I suppose if each of us had to admit it, we would admit that if we were actually asked to choose between our family members and Jesus, 
we would be torn in half. We hope we choose Jesus, but our family members are precious to us. If we were asked to suffer or die for our faith, we would be terrified. We would hope we would just steadfastly confess the faith in the face of such a, a threat. But none of us would want to willingly suffer or die. If we were asked to give up the things that we needed to to support the work of Jesus in the world, we would hope that we would sign those papers quickly. Maybe we would admit that we'd hold on to them pretty tightly until they were gone. Today, as we count the cost, we might well wonder, do we have what it takes to complete the tower, so to speak? Do we have what it takes to win the war that we are called to fight in? Well, the answer is probably, in and of ourselves, no. We don't have what it takes. And therefore, it is good that we would confess to God that when he asks such hard things of us like he does in our text, it reveals that our commitment to him is not quite where it should be. We do not have what it takes in and of ourselves. But here's the good news. You do have what it takes. You have what it takes because you are never, ever in Christ by yourself. What does it take to follow Christ? It takes Christ. It takes Jesus. He is the one and only one that can give us the strength we need. And we always have him. The Father has given you the Son. He has given him for you and he has given him to you. And that Son is no longer dead. He is alive. And that means that he can provide you with everything you need for this hard walk. He is the victor. He's already won the war in which he calls us to fight. And so Jesus alone is the one that can make us steadfastly follow him all the way unto eternal life. Jesus asks of us what he did for us. For he left behind his family when they stood up and accused him of being out of his mind. He suffered unimaginable pain for simply doing the right thing each and every time. And yeah, he gave up everything. He hated everything, even his own life, and gave it up for you. And you... You have Jesus. And that's what it takes. That's all it takes. Jesus is yours in water. He's yours in words. And today again, he is yours in his holy supper. He is yours. Pick up your cross and follow. Amen.